Welcome to the Ginghamsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a second to download the Ginghamsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Ginghamsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step in your journey with Jesus. Well, good morning, Ginghamsburg Tip City Campus. Hello to those. Oh, you talk back. I like it. <laughs> Hello to those of you worshiping online. I wish I could hear you talk back too. <laughs> My name is Marcy, and I have the pleasure of serving here as the director of adult ministries. What that means is I have the privilege of equipping and empowering leaders to do what Jesus commanded us to do. Go and make disciples. Now, there's a couple things I would like for you to know about me this morning. First, I am so grateful for the calling that God has placed on my life. And second, I'm a passionate doer. I love my checklist and crossing off each task as I successfully complete them. More on that in a little bit later. Some of y'all probably can relate. But first, if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Or you can simply follow along on the screen. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at Jesus' feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. Anyone here familiar with Strength Finders or the Clifton Strength Assessment? Taking Ministries by Strength, if you have, then you're familiar with a few of us, okay? For those of you who are not familiar, it is assessment used to help people identify their top life strengths, as well as potentially the people on their team. And the purpose of it is to help your teams uh, make the most of your talents and maximize productivity in your organization. So one of my top five strengths is achiever. That means I have a constant need for achievement. So every day starts at zero, and by the end of the day, I should, I need to achieve something tangible. Now, this is every single day, even on vacation. So I have to set little goals for myself, because if I, day goes by and I haven't accomplished something, I'm disappointed. So I can really relate to Martha here. She has the most famous house guest of all times staying at her house. So naturally, she wants to impress him and his disciples with this big, lavish dinner, complete with all the fixings. Now, where are my achievers at in this room? Okay, okay. so achievers, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a couple things that you should know about us. First, just because we enjoy the end goal doesn't necessarily mean we enjoy the process. Am I right? And second, there is nothing more frustrating to an achiever than working your butt off while everybody around you is chilling. 
I don't know why God didn't make us all achievers. But keep in mind that the culture during this time was very patriarchal. So women were often regarded as mere possessions of their fathers or their husbands. What's worth noting here is that Martha was the head of her household, which likely meant that either her father had passed away or she was widowed. Nonetheless, it would have been customary for the women to be in the kitchen preparing the meal for the guests, not hanging with the fellas sitting at the feet listening to a man. So Martha was justified in saying to Jesus, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that Mary just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But true to his form, Jesus responds counterculturally and quite unexpectedly when he says, Martha, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. Wow, think about that. So is Jesus suggesting that serving isn't important? Is Jesus dissing all of us hard workers and avid achievers? I don't think so. But I do think that he is challenging Martha to check her priorities. Martha was distracted by wanting to serve Jesus and his disciples well, that she is missing out on the opportunity to just be with Jesus, enjoying his presence. How many of you have ever thrown a party at your house? So we spend a day or two cleaning and preparing, and then once the guests arrive, we want to be the perfect host. So we make sure everyone has plenty of food and a lot to drink, and we're cleaning up every spill as it occurs. We want to make sure we're not running out of anything important like ice and, God forbid, toilet paper. And then at the end of the night, we're completely exhausted. We were so distracted by trying to be the perfect host that we missed out on the opportunity to just be with our guests, enjoying their presence. How many of you can relate to that? Yeah. You see, relationship is a two-way road, two-way street. When we are pouring into and serving our guests, but we're not giving them the opportunity to pour back into us by spending time with them, that interaction is one-sided. We're pouring into them, but we never give them the opportunity to serve and pour into us. Jesus wanted to pour into Mary and Martha. This is his way of blessing them for being a blessing to him and his disciples and letting them stay with her. In Peter Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Peter outlines the top 10 symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. Now, out of the 10, the one that resonated with me the most is doing for God instead of being with God. You see, being productive and getting things done isn't just something that achievers are value. It's top priority in American culture. So it's no wonder that many of us evaluate even our spirituality based off of how much we are doing for God. As leaders, we feel like there's so much to be done. The world is in trouble. There's lives that are hurting and broken. We have to get this gospel out. Some of us feel like 
being in God's presence and spending time with God just silent before him and delighting in him for no other reason than to just enjoy him is a luxury that we can enjoy once we get to heaven. But my question today for these leaders is how do we expect to effectively get the gospel out and effectively do ministry if we are not seeking God sitting at his feet? Right? I want to quote Peter in saying that work for God that is not nourished by a deep interior life with God will eventually be contaminated by other things such as ego, power, needing the approval of and from others, and buying into the idea of success and that you cannot fail. When we work for God because of these reasons, our experience of the gospel falls off center. We become human doings, not human beings. We must do for God in a way that is proportionate with our being with God. So what does that look like in your world? Maybe you're a stay-at-home parent and your ministry is caring for your children and your spouse well. Are you so distracted by making sure you keep a clean house, you pack the kids lunch, you get them to and from school, then to and from practice, you get dinner on the table in time, grocery shopping, whatever other responsibilities that you have, that you're not taking time to actually just enjoy being with your family? And are you taking time to just be alone with God so that God can fill you up, so that you can truly enjoy that quality time with your family? Now, I know this is tough for those of you who have little ones right now, right? This is why our mom-to-mom group is so incredible. It allows mamas the opportunity to drop off their kiddos and be poured into by other mamas during a season in their life where it's hard to sneak away. So quick commercial break. If you're one of those mamas and you need to connect and be poured into by other mamas, I want to invite you to join one of our groups. We have a group that meets uh, Thursday mornings at the Avenue, and we have another group that meets in this building on Wednesday evening. So check out the group guide for more details on that. Now, maybe you're running a business and you're so distracted by the demands of your clients and your supervisor that you're checking your texts and your emails all day, even after hours and on vacation. If this is you, I want to challenge you and encourage you to set some boundaries for your sake and the sake of your loved ones. You are replaceable to your workplace, but you are not replaceable to those who love you. If you want to add value to both your organization and those who love you, in addition to setting boundaries, I want to challenge you to seek God and rest in Jesus so that he can give you the strength and the encouragement and the strategy to do well in your organization and with your family. Now, there's a part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that I want to read to you this morning it's a favorite of mine because Jesus clearly articulates a countercultural way of life that's very important no matter what your life stage is. Matthew 6, 25 through 34, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your bodies, what you will wear. 
Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Side note, it might take an hour away. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendors was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of this field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You have little faith. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and all his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough troubles of its own. You see, a lot of the things that distract you are absolutely important. But Jesus said, when you prioritize his kingdom and all of his righteousness, so his kingdom meaning where God is and what God loves, he will make sure that all the important stuff is taken care of. That's a pretty big, important promise, y'all. So what is distracting you? And what is a way out of distraction, I should say? The way out of distraction is seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. This is why Sabbath is so important. Our days are filled to the brim with uh, taking care of our home, working, making sure our family's provided for, uh, relationships, church life, and everything else. So when we prioritize and are intentional about setting time aside with God, God will bless us to take care of all those important things and not be distracted. He will give us rest for our weary souls. This is also where intimacy with Christ is established and developed. Now, for those of you who say, I have a hard time hearing for God, this is how you hear from God. Now, I'm not necessarily talking audibly, but through your spirit, your thought, your input, God leading and directing you. Now, for those of you who have children, if you're in a crowded room and your child yells out, mommy or daddy, you know immediately if that's your child or not. Why? Because you spend time with your child. You talk to your child every day. You eat with your child. You have an intimate relationship with your child. Now, let's say that your child was taken from you at birth and you're in a crowded room and your child yells out, mommy or daddy. You don't recognize their voice. Why? Because you don't spend time with them. You don't talk to them. You don't have an intimate relationship with them. So how do we expect to know when God is speaking to us when we don't spend intimate time with God? Jesus, when Jesus said, my sheep knows my voice, it's because his sheep spent time with the shepherd, waiting on direction from the shepherd. Jesus wants to direct you and give you a way out of distraction, but you need to sit at his feet so that you know his voice. Now, let's not diss the doers. Serving is not a bad thing. In fact, 
serving and loving your work is a really good thing. We are gifted to serve. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another well. Our church cannot function without our doers. God wasn't calling Martha out for doing the wrong thing. He was simply calling her in to do the best thing. So last month, my son, who is also an achiever, had shared with me that he was feeling like a failure and that he wasn't doing enough for God. You see, this year, my children experienced the greatest tragedy of their life by losing their father. So he was hurting and feeling broken. This kind of pain can be paralyzing to some. So he hasn't been serving out in the way that he has in the past. I had to remind my son that salvation is a free gift without strings attached. You don't have to work for it. But transformation takes time. God wants to transform your heart, fill your voice, and heal your brokenness. Maybe somebody in here today needs to hear that. God wants to transform our hearts, fill our voids, and heal our brokenness. But in order to do that, you need to sit at the feet of Jesus. Just rest in Christ. Don't try to do everything. Just rest in Christ and allow Christ to pour into you, to teach you, to fill you up. Serving should be a response of this life transformation that Jesus has did in your life. When you serve out of this life transformation, you serve with a cheerful heart. You don't feel overwhelmed or burdened. It is your pleasure to serve. So what's distracting you today? What's going on in your world that is taking your attention? Remember, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It could be something as necessary as the stress of caring for your family well and running a business. I want to encourage you to prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus so that you can be encouraged, you can be directed, you can be poured into, and you can be loved. This will help you to have the capacity to serve your family and your organization well. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your weary souls. Now, I recall the first time we met Pastor Dennis at one of our lead team gatherings. In the middle of our meeting, Pastor Dennis stopped and said something along the lines of, Wow, you all are really impressive. You got your meetings and your plan. You're so well organized. Looks like you're used to hitting the ground running. I want to encourage you in this season to hit the ground kneeling. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I needed to hear that. You see, I had gotten so distracted with programming and trying to strategize that I was struggling to effectively equip and empower leaders to do ministry. Many are the plans in a, purpose heart, a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. 
God was trying to remind us to seek him first. Now, when we seek God first for strategy and for our plans, we come in alignment with God's plan for our life and our ministry. Amen? So I want to encourage you to do the same in this season. Let's hit the ground kneeling. Let's sit at the feet of Jesus. Let's rest, reset, and allow God to give us direction and strategy. Now, I want to invite you to join me right now to take a moment to rest. You can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can lay prostrate, whatever feels comfortable to you. Let's just take a moment to rest in God's presence. You see, sitting at the feet of Jesus is a reset. Jesus didn't want Mary or Martha or you to miss that reset. When you rest in Jesus, Jesus promised that he would bless us to get all the important stuff done. That is the best way out of distraction. Let me pray for you. God, you are holy. We thank you and we praise you for being God. Lord, we thank you for your promise that if we seek first your kingdom and all of your righteousness, that you will bless us to get all the other important stuff done. So God, today, we wanna surrender and submit unto you as we prioritize seeking your kingdom first. And we thank you for your promise that you will get the rest done. Praise you and we thank you in your precious name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you'd like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Ginghamsburg app or online at ginghamsburg.org.